Under the Helmet. You'll do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what type of team we want to be. Building Dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. I'm telling you, man, you're leading the league in hydration. I got a Dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Find written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome, everybody, to the UTH show this week. Uh, I am your host, Tim Torch. Excited to welcome Chad Parsons. How are you doing this week, Chad? Excellent. Rocking. Wonderful. Um, as we get started, something that I I like to do, and um, and I don't hear many podcasts do it, and I don't know why. I actually want to mention just like the bye weeks this week, and it's the silliest thing in the world, but I I like to wrap, like me personally, I like to wrap my head around what is going on with the bye weeks, because that that's like the 1.0 version when I go to like set lineups or do waiver claims or whatever, whatever's going on. I, I know it says on MFL or or if you're playing redraft, whatever platform you're using. But if someone mentions it, I can be like, oh my God, this is going to be a tough week, or this is going to be a little bit easier. Like last week we had the the Steelers and the Packers. This week is definitely a little bit more to it. We have the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. Uh that that's pretty aggressive to have that many uh that many players off in one week uh how do you feel about that chad by apocalypse you know i actually look at it in terms of i i say how many games are not on the traditional sunday slate because if it's a london game if it's thursday monday or buys that's an extra game i don't have to watch <laughs> you know in terms of <laughs> in terms of my gauntlet of, of of viewing an analysis on a sunday so i look at this as well this is minus three games now there's no london game i believe this week so uh that that puts one back on the regular docket. But the point is, not a full week. Um, and the other thing I thought of is, let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. Yes, there's players, you know, whether it's Dak or CJ Stroud or uh, Brees Hall. I mean, just looking at this list, Jamar Chase, you've got plenty of notables that are on by. Here's mm -hmm. what I would say, though. We feel more comfortable about Jonathan Taylor, right? We feel yeah. more Austin Eckler back in your lineup. Like, so we have, don't look at only the negatives of who's not there. Look at the positives of who didn't you have last week, the week before. Seko and Barkley, you feel a lot better about him this coming week, right? So, uh, you know, and we're going to get some possible streaming quarterbacks that could help out. I know you're going to have occasional leagues. Like I got Dak in a two quarterback and that's going to be, I don't know if I have a second starter, you know, per <laughs> se, as we start out the week, I may. Um, so, and also, you know, someone like uh, Bryce Young, not super excited about starting him. He's on by, so that doesn't really count, right? Zach Wilson doesn't count in Superflex. So just, you know, we look at it, there's a lot of teams, but there's always a plus minus. And here's what I noticed, Tim. I'm only about halfway through setting waivers this week, but I looked at, I, I won a lot of games and it wasn't necessarily with a big score. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. we always, we say this every other week, which is, just because you didn't have a great week, it doesn't mean your <laughs> opponents had a better week. So they could have scored, all it takes is them scoring five, 10 points below you. And it's just, so just keep that in mind that you might have a tough week in terms of buys, but that means you're probably not going to have a tough week of buys these other weeks where they might be gutted and you might just be gifted a win and they score 50% below their, their seasonal average. So uh, just keep it all in perspective, keep it balanced. And yeah, you're going to have a big portfolio. You're going to have a team or two where it's like, oh, this is going to be a tough week to try to scrape something out. But all it takes is a early game injury or two by your opponent and uh, or a guy that you have getting two touchdowns. All of a sudden you're in business. One of my 
I, I, I did have a bit of a shot fire. I don't do a lot of smack talking, as you can imagine. People who know me know I'm, I'm definitely not the confrontational person. But with this person specifically, I mm-hmm. do take a shot or two here or there. And for whatever reason, it worked out. I was playing them twice in redraft. And he texted me this morning and he said, I don't know how, but you beat me twice in both leagues we were playing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were both like my my better teams. And my response, which <laughs> looking back, I'm like, oh, maybe that might have been a bit much. I said, oh, I I, I feel bad for you that those were two of your better teams. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it's any any given Sunday, right? Like uh, one one thing I've noticed with like the sleeper app is that it actually does show you like percentage chance of actually winning and things like that. So uh, that that's always interesting. And I'm. I think those like projected scores are always a little touch and go, but just, just funny when you can always have that smack talk a little bit. I did also just want to do like a check-in with you because Mm. I feel like we're, we're at the point of the season where we're moving from, we're moving away from the excitement, right? We've, we've had, we've gone through this a few weeks. We have a routine. This is, this is where I'm actually like, this is the grind. And, and I always think of you uh, most this time of season because you're you not only like have all the teams, but you're also doing a website. You're also watching every game. You're you're breaking down not only for UTH, but but so many other platforms. How, how are you holding it up right now? Well, um, I'm holding up pretty well. Like I, I think <laughs> the person I talk to the most that is most similar to me is probably uh, Jordan McNamara, just because we think very profile driven. So like uh, one certain team winning or losing, like. And I actually, I used to track, you know, all, all play and, you know, the specific records this year, I dialed it all the way back to, I'm just kind of tabulating the overall results. You know, was my, my, you know, was I 25 and 20 this week? Was I 35 and seven? What was my head to head win loss uh, for the week? So it's not even team specific. Uh, and I think that's really helped me because I'm not seeing the, oh, well, this team is underperforming. Like, look at this all play record, but I'm sitting here, I'm two and four. Like, what's up with that? Like, so I'm doing less of that. And I think it's really helped me. Now I am going to be, you know, this week, you know, if I have a one in five team, yeah, I'm going to be going in there. I think this is the week to to say that's a, a bad enough record that we have to see, is this going to happen? But, you know, more, more tips on that coming in terms of like determining if you're contending, what should you do uh, type of analysis if that, if it does apply to you. Um, but I just think um, in, in general this year, I've been less reactive mostly because yeah. it, again, injuries, and I still don't think we've gotten the right injuries. Uh, one, okay, one thing that that really torqued me was Ronnie Rivers. <laughs> that so we, we get, finally th- you finally had your shot. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and he gets hurt the same game, and it's like he's going to be out longer than Kieran Williams. So that really got me going because this glorious window. I've been talking up Ronnie Rivers. I really think it would have been a thing, and now it turns out to be not a thing. Do we have Alexander Madison get hurt like a Dalvin Cook game or something? Yeah. Because um, I feel like that was the perfect storm as well. Like he missed an opportunity for starts because, or one start or whatever it was because he was out. And I, anyway, it just feels like the ultimate bad luck. And now we're going down the, the rabbit hole of Royce Freeman and, and Zach Evans and all this. It, yeah. And it's just like, and we, 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 this would be a non-conversation. And I think Ronnie Rivers would have the exact same workload as Kieran Williams had, you know, this, this season so far. And Daryl Henderson, he, I, I think I read somewhere that he's back with the Rams. Oh my God, they signed him. Oh, we're doing this. Okay, we're doing this. 
Yeah. So, so it's just one of those like, oh, where, where that's are probably we the now? biggest frustration. Yeah. Is yeah. that when, when you get the running back, you, you think like you got it right, you got the injury, and then your guy's out too. That's just, it's just a tough draw. It could have happened next week on his first snap. I understand that. But anyway, yeah. Rams added uh, Royce Freeman, uh, Miles Gaskin, and Daryl Henderson. Yep. So it is just, uh, and Henderson, of course, was to the practice squad. So we'll, we'll, well he see can, how that. And again, any of these guys, you down. wonder if they're going to be ready this week. And you know what? They're probably just going to throw it around the yard with Matthew Stafford. So yeah. <laughs> exactly right. Um, I, I'm I'm in a similar place. Uh, I'll tell you one of the one of the best just like um, quality of life improvements I made was last year, and you were the one who actually introduced me to it. Whether you know this or not, it was when you mentioned looking at start percentage. And, and just having that information aggregated on MFL. And I remember you saying something along the lines of why does one person, one ranker know better than 5,000 leagues that have been put together and that quality of life improvement alone has really saved me so much time. Just kind of looking at that, uh, that, uh, start rate percentage. And then some of the closer calls, maybe every now and then I'll make a little bit of a different decision if they're like really, really close. Yeah. But more often than not, I, I find myself really leaning towards just the the start rate side of things. So that, that's definitely a quality of life improvement that I found that that makes makes things a little bit easier for me, but especially when we do start to get to the grind of this season and, and going through things and whether it's injuries or anything else or setting lineups or assisting people, uh, it, it's just something that does help me. One news topic that I, I think it's just so interesting because number one, just because of who it is and kind of how he's looked at in the dynasty community, but also because he was your quarterback one it's with Anthony Richardson. It, the way he is being looked at the new, the news reports that are coming out right now, it looks like there's a possibility that he is going to miss the rest of the season. And I, I know usually when you talk about this, you talk about fast forwarding the profile a year, advancing them in age, but we're already talking about a quarterback who didn't have much under his belt coming into the NFL, cutting short his rookie season due to injury. And it's not like it was his first injury this season. He was already knocked out with a concussion due to, I mean, he, he was just running and throwing his body all over the place. Do you, are you starting to like put together red flags here? Is this just like a man? He's health, when he's healthy, he's going to be on, but you're, you're starting to get a little bit worried how healthy he can be. Um, everything I've heard, and I listen to a lot of injury stuff because I feel like that's one black box where I would like out exterior sources of analysis. And nothing I've heard is that these are connected. These are all, hey, you're playing in the NFL, you're running around, you're being tackled. The, this is the risk of the job. And these are not connected. It's not like he's pulled his hamstring and groin three times and, you know, all these other things. Uh, so I don't think this is connected at all. Um, I do think he should probably adjust his play style a little bit. I think he's not as athletic and as twitchy and as completely rare in the NFL as he was in college. So he's not used to getting tracked down or playing it as safe. I mean, we're seeing like Justin Herbert could run a lot more than he does. What does he do? He plays it safe. He right. he gets down. He, he uh, Mahomes is one of the best, right? He'll once you get the first down, slide. You know, if there's any threat, slide. You know, once you get the first down, go out of bounds. Every once in a while, if you think there's an opportunity or key, huge key moment, get more yards. But other than that, it's about moving the chains. It's about a success 
play, you know, a successful play. Um, so I think he'll learn. I think he's obviously losing a lot of reps. I think the Colts, by the time, if he were going to come back, like let's say his, his timetable to come back would have been or is week 12. I honestly think they're going to basically be out of it by then. So I don't know, like, again, again, he's a young player. So should he play through that? Should he play on a team that's not, uh, not going to be successful, not pushing for the playoffs? There's plenty of young quarterbacks that do. Um, but I think the main thing for him is, can he be healthy for all of the off season stuff? So if this makes it so that he will be right and good to go for the earliest part of OTAs and mini camps, you know, all these things that go throughout the off season, his uh, really again your first off season doesn't really count as a rookie you just everything is new so i just i want him to be a part of that i also don't, don't think he's as far behind as a passer i thought the biggest thing i saw from him was he needs more weapons you know it's Pittman and the pips you know Pittman and a bunch of stuff um and so josh downs that's nice but they need someone alec pierce has played better but has he played great you know so i i just think they could add to what he has, and that's going to be probably the biggest booster next year, him running a little smarter. I do think he's a really interesting dynasty asset because he, so he was a younger player, but yet he's out. So if he's on a team that is contending and you offer production, I think there's some win-wins here. Like I, So I, I, he would be one that I think he would be worth the, well, I'm giving up one of my two or three quarterback starters to get Richardson and get someone higher upside for the future, even if I'm taking zeros now. Um, so I think that is very interesting. I think going, obviously going from below, but are you able to give Brock Purdy, uh, you know, or plus, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins might be a really good um, option to give Kirk Cousins and, and a plus for, for Richardson. Um, you know, Sam, uh, it could be Matthew Stafford, you know, obviously you'd probably have to add to that a decent amount, but right. that's the type of idea I think in going to Richardson from a lower point. Um, I really wouldn't really go from a higher point because I already have them pretty high. So, so moving from one of those guys is probably off the table, but when a player goes out and especially there's rumors of out for the year, I think that's an opportunity to go knock on that door. And even if it isn't quite aligned, you know, if you're sitting there at four and two, I think you should still be open to adding impact players when possible. I, I do agree there. I'm I'm definitely, I think you've called me this before, like an ambulance chaser. Yeah. So when uh whenever something happens, I'm definitely the person that's that's trying to chase the value there to see if anyone's panicking, especially if it's a team that is firmly in contention. And I, I want to see if there's any way that I can I, I can try to pry that player loose from them. Um I, I will say personally, I, I'm probably uh, a little bit more concerned than you are. I, I do agree with yeah. what you said about the Justin Herbert side of things, because he is very athletic. I mean, you saw moments on the Monday night game where he, he was picking up yards with his legs and you definitely see that, especially as six, six, like two two twenty plus uh, with a cannon for an arm, you see the similarities there. But I, I, I remember when Justin Herbert came in, I, I don't remember him being like a, uh, uh, a movement first type of quarterback. I, I felt like he was checking it down pretty quick. And I, I almost don't know if you can coach that out of him. I almost think of like Lamar Jackson, like the body can only take so many hits. And You're talking then, about like a 22 year old. <laughs> I, I understand. Well, I mean, he's already shown you like he he's willing to put his body in harm's way. And yeah. I think you may get to a point where, I mean, even Cam Newton had that MVP season in, and that was great. But then look how quickly it faded. 
We made him like twenty nine. No, I no, I know. No, to say that he's going to be playing at thirty five and he's going to transition to being mostly uh, a, a, a pocket passer again. Those are long way offs. Here, here, here's I, one thing I, I'll say. I understand the. Well, no, I, here's one thing I'll say is even if you have these concerns, the moment he probably puts together a healthy two months in the NFL, yeah, is you will have a myriad of really really great options. Whether you're holding him or trading him at that point. Yeah. Which is one argument, uh, you know. So uh, a friend, friend and contributor to the show, uh, Ryan Morgan said when he drafted him at one hundred and one over Bijan Robinson, it was in this specific league, this specific circumstance, it's hard to get elite at quarterback. And so his argument was he can get you elite at quarterback. But also, if Richardson had been playing all six games, fully healthy right now, where do you think he would rank in, in points per game? You've mentioned this to me already. No, where do you it's think? Number- no, I. It's it's a conjecture. It's not like we we can't just prorate. But where do you actually think top five? I think he could be top five. Yes. Okay. If he was top five, again, look at all the all of the accolades Stroud is getting. So Richardson would be above that. He'd be doing with rushing, and he'd be good enough as a passer. But if he were top five in production right now, I mean, it's pretty simple to outline scenarios where you can move up to Mahomes or Allen. Uh, definitely go maybe sideways. You might be getting a plus for with Herbert, right? That's the world we're living in where if that happens next October, you're back to the same set of options, maybe better. So even if you don't like him, even if you have concerns, he's QB 10 right now, and he is an avenue to get you to somewhere in the top two, three, four dynasty quarterbacks for you. Even I, if I do I do agree with that part of it. So that yeah. that's the part He's I a tool. Agree with. He can be a, he can be one of the yeah. most valuable trade tools because exactly. the the one theme I've looked at is if you trade for a quarterback in Superflex, it's hard to do so without giving one up. Yeah. And that's why yeah, if you probably, trade one away and you don't ask for a quarterback back, you can really help your team because you're like, "Well, I don't need your light at quarterback. I'm not going to ask for one of yours. I'm just going to give you one." And so I'm going to get a first round pick. I'm going to get this, uh, you know, another another position that's an auto start for me. Like you can get a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. You better believe I'm going fishing where I can for him. Yeah. But I I think I think where you and I just are in terms of like overall value is slightly Yeah. is slightly different. Um I I do want to make sure to call out because um you you do mention it when you host the regular show every week, but uh patreon.com slash uth is where you find most of the content with me in it uh we used to do a weekly waiver wire show now we're moving more to just uh conversation big topics big conversations on the week uh whatever kind of strikes our fancy and of course we always do like get to know you pieces which is always fun diving into uh of course this time uh, we've done candy a couple of times i'm sure we'll get it one more time uh halloween candy let's do it that's next right. week uh, next week has to be the week i think because halloween's on a tuesday so yep uh, so it. so it's that time of year it's always a fun conversation just diving in a little bit this week we actually did some top three and i did want to bring a top three over to this show as well just to uh kind of add that element in a little bit so real quick and i mm-hmm. i'm sure you hate doing this part of it but the this is to me this is like one of the fun like what if scenarios everyone knows like i'm a marvel nerd and uh i did enjoy the what if show that was uh that was on disney plus i'm sure you have no idea what i'm talking about of course uh, but the, but these are like what if uh uh nfl trades so give me your top three you would love to see like nfl trades that could happen uh right now for the rest of the season all right. Uh, well, if you heard my uh, film notes from this past week, I am such I have such hatred for 
uh, two quarterbacks right now that I feel like are just being wasted. <laughs> uh, the two teams are Saints and Falcons. Um, Derek Carr, I have a little bit of a soft spot, but he's playing horrifically, so I give him partial pass. Desmond Ritter is one that I want to throw myself through a sliding glass door when I watch those games because he is wasting, wasting three top 10 players that were drafted with that, that pedigree at the skill positions. I can't believe it. So he is wasting all of that. And you watch the Falcons are either going to get in and get blown out in the first round of the playoffs, or they're going to miss the playoffs in an exploitable, gettable division. So I would say this, Kirk Cousins needs to be traded to the Falcons and they would instantly, they would instantly become a contender. They, and, and I think a strong contender with their, with their defense being underrated. Now, again, Kirk Cousins probably not on the move. I get all this. It's complicated. But the Falcons and the quarterback are specifically that combo is what I want to see. Uh, I want to see them be able to cook with those uh, weapons. And so Kirk Cousins would be one. Uh, another one for me would be Jerry Judy. It seems like we've been talking about him getting moved for a while now. Now, finding the right fit is a little more complicated. Um, I would say, you know, teams like, and again, it's it's tough to find teams that are really in the mix, but I would say... <laughs> Are, is Dallas happy? You know, with their with their wide receiver two three production, we saw a little bit out of Brandon Cooks this past week, but not a whole lot. So I would have to say let's put them into the mix uh, as another one. Uh, Kansas City uh, for both of these wide receivers, I would mention, which is Jerry Judy and then DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, Tennessee's not going to be competitive in my opinion. They're going to slide down, and so those two uh, wide receivers, it's just hard for me to see Hopkins on a non contender, and then Jerry Judy. Obviously disgruntled. I'm not the biggest fan of his in general, but Denver is one that should be a huge seller before the deadline as they venture closer to the 101 than anywhere near the playoffs. Yeah, those, those are great. F- fantastic. Um, so for me, um, you and I were thinking uh, very similarly along the same lines, um, but I actually went, even though he uh, is dealing with an injury right now, kind of got to see how that ends up playing out. Fields to the Falcons. And and the reason I like that is because you have athletes at every other spot. Put 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 a better one with yeah. a better arm at quarterback and and see where this goes. I I think that could be a really interesting just pairing. Uh, again, I I don't I don't think all personally, I don't think all the woes that are happening in if they're Chicago, gonna trade fields in the offseason anyway, yeah. right? If it's gonna yeah, be a Josh it, Rosen type now. situation. Yep cash out on on the rest of the season uh next one for me is saquon barkley to the browns um this is of course a fanboy pick but also the browns lost nick chubb yeah. uh barkley is just a rental because he's on a franchise tag and i i don't really know what type of situation it looks like going into the offseason if he really has a chance to to resign or to do anything else uh for the rest of the season there i mean it's just a mess across like tyrod it, it's sad to say this it's so sad to say this tyrod taylor may be made that offense look so much better <laughs> than daniel jones did just in my opinion um the last one for me is marquise brown to the kansas city chiefs oh i Give them speed. Give them wide receiver. I don't care who it is. Give them I anybody. Need, yeah, exactly. I need the chief. I need the Chiefs to have something more than Rasheed Rice and and Sky Moore and Justin Watt. Stop playing Kelsey. Sky Moore, yeah. Chiefs. Please stop playing him. 
there's there are so many wide receiver options that you it's so funny like i look around the league and i'm like i would take jacoby myers oh yeah <laughs> there like give, give me give me anything that could be a potential boost for the chiefs and i would take it in a heartbeat marquise brown's uh, but, really good one. but i think brown is just one of those ones like i i think the cardinals are obviously kind of in what what can we get for what player mode type of right now so uh him going to the chiefs would be really intriguing um, yeah, that, thank you. Thank you for, for indulging me for, for those couple of ones. I, I, I always think it's interesting to play those thought exercises in, in my head, even though like 99.999% of them never actually happen. It's just, again, fun to think about. And the big, like I, this time last year, who would have really thought that San Francisco would end up training for Christian McCaffrey? It's just one of those ones you, you never really expect. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is so perfect. Um, as we wrap up the show, uh, one of the things I did want to talk about right now is roster evaluation. I think it's so important to, to always take stock of where your rosters are and be able to make a decision. Is this a team that, that needs to be in, in like, not, not all in mode. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but do we need to be a little bit more aggressive and be willing to uh, go after those teams who are, who are Owen, who who are losing every single game, who are barely holding on for life? Or do we need to be a team that is, is selling off those bridge players uh, that we really don't have a little bit more? Um, So what are the top things when you're evaluating your rosters you like to look at? Yeah, well, the first thing is just the numbers. You know that that basically with the new fourteen game regular season is eight and six gets you in a lot. Eight and six, you're you, you know you're generally good. Seven and seven, you you kind of need a lot of breaks in your direction. You got to be really high in points or whatever the tiebreakers are, and you got to get a little lucky. You know there might be a two or three man tie, and you you won, and you have a head to head tiebreaker or something like that. So the key number is eight. You got to get to eight wins. I would say if you're at five, one and five. It's, I mean, it's borderline impossible. I mean, you got to go seven and one if you're doing the math. You got to go six and two and get really lucky. So those aren't good odds. Here's what I would say, though, if you're one and five or worse, is that you still want to have your team for next year. So this whole idea like, oh, well, Kirk Cousins got to trade him. Mike Evans got to trade him. DeAndre Hopkins got to trade him. Like the one guy I thought of that's producing well and he's older, Adam Thielen might be the guy that you should consider trading. You know, he's old enough, uh, you know, but... Aaron, guess what? Aaron Rodgers, if you were playing right now, I wouldn't say trade him if you were on a one and five team because quarterback is a little different. You know, Travis Kelsey, tight end's a little different. I, I don't know if you're going to get what it's worth with Travis Kelsey to say, I mean, I'm going to drop down that much projected for next year at tight end. Like you're going to be part of the have nots. So I think you need to be really careful. And, you know, this fire sale sort of atmosphere and everybody over a certain age has got to go. I would set that aside. Uh, so again, to me, two and four, you're a live dog. You're right here. You're competing. Let's see how the next couple of weeks go. If you go to two and six, yep, uh, you know, heed what I just said about one and five. <laughs> but if you're two and four, and then you're three and five or four and four, you're still in it. So assess as you go if you're two and four or better, obviously three and three, et cetera. But one and five and worse, I think that's where you le- legitimately have to say, this is probably over. 
you know, you're probably going to stop streaming, tie, uh, you know, defenses as hard or or kickers as hard. Um, again, you should stop, you know, trying to micromanage, you know, your wide receiver three spot if it's a hole as closely as you normally do. Start looking at, you know, Tyrion Davis price types. Uh, start looking at uh, guys that can, you know, off the waiver wire that can uh, are IR are eligible, even if you're not putting them on IR, they're spilling over to your active or if there's no IR spot. Look at some of your bench as those spots. And also look at those backup running backs that if they hit, you might be willing to, no matter what, if they're not helping your lineup, you know, and if you're one in five or two weeks, you're one in seven, they're not sell them for whatever you can get because you can just restock them. So selling them before your dynasty trade deadline, if they hit with an injury, I think those are big keys to, uh, uh, to think about if you are turning into a non-contender. Yeah, one one thing I think that I frequently also look at is the points for and the points against. Um, if I if you kind of mentioned that if you're one in five, but <laughs> probably not something you want to look at. But I I always do look at the points for and points against because if I'm running into just a just a murderer's row of, of playing against big teams every week, that that usually has a way of evening out over the course of the season. You might see a couple of softies in the upcoming weeks. It may have just been a really tough start to the season. I do like the idea of if you have two or three wins under your belt already, that and your points four is pretty solid, then that that's just one more indicator I, I like to look at. Um, so uh, big action item of the week. I, I did want to just say if there's one thing that we could kind of give people a send off on and say, Hey, here's one thing that I am trying to do uh, as I go into this week, what is it? And I'll, I'll start. Um, and we actually mentioned at the top of the show, I, I was surprised we got as far into it as we did. And it, mine is chase the injuries, like whether you're in it or not, I, I think it's really, really easy to pry away, especially from some of these contenders who just have the, who think they're, they're a lock, who are willing to use the phrase all in, are willing to just try and do whatever they can to win the championship, uh, cast away first round picks, whether it's this year or next year. I, I think there's so many opportunities to take advantage of that. Uh, that that's one thing I would really make sure people try to do this week, because I, I feel like people jump on this earlier. I've got probably gotten more trade offers this week than I've seen uh, for months. So people are dialing in, especially the contenders, people want to make moves. And then even on the flip side, if people are just out of it and they're like, I need to get these players off of my team so I can make sure my record is as bad as it can be for, so that especially in super flex, if you can get one of these quarterbacks, something else, they're going to be selling off at a discount. You just need to be ready to really pounce uh, to those teams who are ready to to disengage uh, from players or assets or whatever that might be. I would say, and something you mentioned kind of casually to me <laughs> through our conversation was, uh, you know, I've been moving around, shaking and baking this uh, and already set some of my waivers going back in and editing because the Rams adding to their running back core. So I would say, don't overspend on Royce Freeman. He's the one that's universally out there. Zach Evans is not. Uh, so with Royce Freeman, Again, humdrum talent. I think the Rams are going to end up passing the ball quite a bit. We don't know how long Kieran Williams is going to be out. Ronnie Rivers already out. Poor one out there. Um, but 
Daryl Henderson, Miles Gaskin being added. Royce Freeman's probably the quote-unquote answer, but maybe in a Matt Breida sort of way of like, what's the upside? Nine points? Ten points? Like, so it's not a very high ceiling play, and it may only be one week before Gaskin, who's probably a, uh, a superior player, or or Daryl Henderson. We'll see about you know football shape and you know what what's his status here in in the inner inner term. But I, I do think there will be people that spend a lot more aggressively on Royce Freeman that that well i got the answer now you know and we'll we'll take it from there so that would be one thing of of scaling back whatever you thought about royce freeman and again this is someone that was on dynasty waiver wires last year and had some sporadic uh, involvement i think it was houston plus another team um but again that that would be one especially for me it's a week and that was a, a situation are they going to bring someone in the answer is they brought in a couple guys but it is probably going to take them at least a week to to get incorporated into the offense so so the the lead behind for me would be uh again not saying you can't bid on Royce Freeman but don't expect to a be excited about him enough to probably start him this week b be able to flip him for anything and c it may change rapidly in in a week or two of where he you end up dropping him back it, it could be a it won't be this bad but let's let's learn a little bit from all the huge bids you saw from Amari DiMarcato that he turned into a bag of jelly beans. So just make sure, <laughs> you know, that we're going into the unknown and we really didn't have data points on, are we sure he's going to play over Keonta Ingram? Now, the answer was somewhere in the middle. You can look at it one way or another and say, well, he was the lead back. No, he was the lead back. The point is you didn't have a clarified right answer. And a lot of people went into bidding last week based on the numbers that thought he was going to be the absolute dead set right answer. So I think this is another one of those of like, don't assume it's Royce Freeman. I'm not a Zach Evans fan, but let's not rule him out as a 0% guy. And then they also add another couple of running backs. So ambiguous and the answer like Brewster's millions, maybe none of the above. I did want to mention the, uh, the you teach best ball contest uh, here for the week. And it is very apropos. We got Tim Torch here. We got Tim Torch hosting the show and Tim Torch, the week six winner. I don't know if this is your first time with a weekly win, but it's definitely it been a while. It's it gotta, is. It's got to be. Look at that. Perfect storm. <laughs> and somehow last Thursday, I must have must have known because I was like, Tim Torch hosting the show. And you know what? He's going to take down the contest uh, for week six. It'll be perfect. It'll be perfect. And it, it was all, so so Tim Torch, we got to shout you out. You, Ryden Raheem Mostert. I mean, he's a key figure in the contest this year. Three more touchdowns mm-hmm. for him. And for you this past week, you got Brees Hall healthy now, vibrant. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was back in the lineup. Adam Thielen has been a rock star for you all season. You had the perfect storm week and you're up to 12th overall. Um, I'm in fourth. Katie finished fourth on the week. And shout out also to Michael Leggett, who is first overall through six weeks at the tight top of the board. Uh, but Michael holding everybody off. And Tim, it takes a number one week sometimes to rise way up, and you are definitely now in the game, chipping a chair and a chance there in the UCH Best Ball Contest, powered and hosted by my fantasy league. Yeah, thanks for the update. Excited, uh, excited to finally have one. <laughs> I've only been doing this since the beginning, so glad to finally have one that I can uh, hang my hat on. And uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, you can usually find me over on the Patreon side of things. Again, that's Patreon.com/uth. Until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those dynasties.